Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 226. My name is Colin Ahern, and with me this week, don't look, it's Chris Hallam. Hello. And she doesn't need sunglasses while staring directly at the sun, it's Alice Bell. Hello. Uh, I'm a professional eclipse chaser, I am. Aren't you just? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... um. Did it? We couldn't see it, could we? No. The, the, well, yeah. I mean, like, not really. A bit. Well, I mean, we wouldn't see it. In we wouldn't London see it anyway. Because, because, yeah. It's yeah. just overcast and all the pollution. Yeah. Yeah. Just overcast pollution, lights, everything. So yeah, we yeah. wouldn't see it. But was it? I thought it was, was it just America and was it? I don't know somewhere over that side of the all, world. Yeah. It well, was best Americans. on the east coast of America, I think. But um, I was watching a wee bit of it on Twitch. Until the EA conference on tw- came. On Twitch, were they yeah, live Yeah, they were live streaming Yeah, NASA it. was streaming it, yeah. but the audio wasn't synced, so oh, loads of people then stopped watching. Ah, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it just, like, just fell off a cliff as soon as EA came on. What were they doing? What were they doing? Like, live streaming... Uh, yeah. What, from what? Like, from a space station or something? Oh, I didn't see... Because the bit we saw, because obviously we did then have to watch the Gamescom yes. stuff. But on to that in a minute. Um, we It was just, like, scientists being, like, space is cool and stuff, fair play. So it wasn't the actual, <laughs> like... <laughs> space is cool. Fair play, space. Yeah. Well done. Um, so it wasn't... I don't think they were filming the sun directly at that point. But <laughs> I kept on dipping in and out like, on my way back home as well. And... Every single time I went on there, there was just a little bit in the corner whereby they were showing how it was going to happen, like a simulation of it. And then the rest right. of the time, there were just people sat on deck chairs talking. Right. Well, I mean, it's, I'm sure space nerds would probably say the same about people watching other people play games. It's fair, yeah. Something, yeah. You know, they would probably find that well, just at least as peculiar. E- yeah, at least EA had a car chase. There was a really good video someone took because the eclipse happened while they were in a plane. Oh, and they filmed cool. out the the window of the plane and you could see like everything go dark over the plane and you could see it moving across, like the shadow moving across the clouds. It looked really cool. That is pretty cool, yeah. actually, yeah. I was in a plane the other day. All I got was just, just clouds and a little bit of turbulence, which is always lovely. Fucking, I, just, I, I don't know why, but as I get older, the <laughs> when turbulence happens, I do think, yeah, this is it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to die. Very unsettling, to be honest. Quite okay with it. Well, I mean, you kind of have to be. Like, yeah. you got to put your faith in in the pilot. Do you know. Yeah, I mean, you were only going up to Scotland. The plane hardly got off the ground, didn't it? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, it was. Basically, it's like it was going up into the air, and then yeah, the pilot obviously goes, and now we'll be uh, now beginning we begin our, our descent. descent. <laughs> On to the news this week, and yes. It is Gamescom, Gamescom week, and the announcements have been coming thick and fast-ish, sort of. I mean, there has actually been a few announcements, but on nothing major on a big stage, I suppose. Which is, yeah. like, yeah, it's, I suppose it's a bit, um, bit sad that we don't have that kind of big grandeur. That At one stage, I think Gamescom was kind of moving towards that yeah. but it feels like it's bigger in terms of people that go yeah much bigger yeah yeah like it, it is a a massive public event like what is this quarter of a million or something over the course of the week yeah, that the actually best part of, yeah. that go there but it it doesn't it still doesn't have that big e3 feel of like here's a blast of new games and of yeah. course when you're microsoft and you are you're the kind of the big dogs here i suppose like you, you're you have an hour and a half to present some of your wares. You're opening the show. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I mean, we can we can kind of critique their conference as a whole, but the biggest thing coming out of Xbox or coming out of Microsoft's <laughs> uh, thing was the Xbox One X and pre-orders for yeah. the Project Scorpio edition. Yeah, well, I mean, pre-orders for the whole thing have have opened now, I think. Mm. But it started with the Project Scorpio edition, which is, it's the Xbox One X, but with a kind of different surface on the case. And it says Project Scorpio on it in green. And uh, you may kind of hear a bit of sort of cynicism in my voice mm-hmm. because it does cost a bit extra than the regular Xbox One X and it's just the same thing but with Project Scorpio written on it so they were obviously like people really liked the name Project Scorpio so let's just do one of them and yet I have pre-ordered one 
So <laughs> specifically the Project Scorpio edition. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And I don't like I've stopped pre-ordering games like ages ago because I I'm I think pre-ordering games is a I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, you know, I, I, for the same reason, you know, people talk about why they don't like pre-orders all the time. Fine. Mm-hmm, yep. Um but with this, I was watching it and I was like, this is ridiculous. There's no need for this. Wait, it's just a black box with Scorpio written on it. I do want one though. <laughs> so, and they said that they'll go really fast and there aren't many of them. So I should probably pre-order it now. <laughs> yeah, that's really silly, Alice. I can't believe you did that. So I did exactly the same after you telling me what you'd done. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the very thing. Like, Yesterday, everyone in the office had pre-ordered one apart from Chris. And then Chris basically pre-ordered one out of peer pressure. I was like, who, so who's ordered the Project Scorpio edition Xbox One? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I've ordered it, I've ordered it. I was like, well, I can't even really justify it to myself. But I suppose I should. <laughs> well, you know, since everyone else is doing it, it'd be rude not to. So it's, yeah, as you say, Alice, it's more expensive than the xbox one x yeah but like 20 pounds 20 or 30 quid something like that yeah and it's it literally, it's literally the it same. project scorpio in quite a small font like, yeah. Matrix-like like font. yeah uh, on both the console and the controller and yeah it's kind of like there's dimples there's on the yeah. there's weird dimples and it comes in like a box which is like kind of inspired by the original xbox which box. you will throw away as yeah. soon as you i'm not gonna I, frame it or i anything, keep right? them in the loft I keep you keep your my... cardboard box. Oh, actually, no. I keep all my console boxes. Yeah, we've absolutely. still got all our console boxes because we mo- use them whenever we move. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Yeah. And that's but, why yeah. I keep them. And it had all that, and it had like Major Nelson doing an unboxing of it, wearing white gloves, like he was on fucking Antiques Roadshow. Like, <laughs> look at this amazing box. Like, open it up. It was fantastic. It was like they're fucking laughing at us. But, but you know. Yes. yes, and so they should be because. What are people going to be playing on their Xbox One Xs? That is the question I posed well, to you. I mean, day one. Day one. There's. I mean, it's well, hang weird. On, hang like, on, hang on. We we'll get to that in a second because what will people play in their Xbox One X? Because before Gamescom, Crackdown Three was announced to be delayed. It's yeah. being pushed to 2017 now. Because 2018 or 28? Sorry, 2018. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be a launch title, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, it's like the third push it's received now, the game as a whole, three or four along, and then it was going to definitely, definitely be a launch title. Um, Phil Spencer had even tweeted saying that Crackdown 3 is going to have a massive impact at Gamescom. They're going to have a big demo that's going to really do it justice, and then a week later... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the Microsoft Publishing General Manager Shannon Loftus uh, she had an exchange with Polygon where she said, quote, we want to make sure to deliver the right game with the right quality and at the right time. Crackdown 3 is a hugely ambitious game and we want to ensure we deliver the right experiences all the way through every part of the game. Could she say right any more times? Uh, like, I, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, As soon as I, I heard that, it did make me a little bit worried about about the xbox one x or even just xbox as a whole this year like it's forza and then i'm struggling what launch title or, 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 came, or comes out before no no, no but i'm out. i'm, oh, I'm saying xbox year. i'm saying yeah, xbox it's <laughs> like you forza you've Ari cuphead you've cuphead uh they've got super lucky's tail I, I mean the thing like <laughs> yeah i know they i i don't think because people are making a big deal and saying, like, oh, Windows has got more exclusives mm-hmm. than the Xbox. I don't think exclusives matter that much anymore for a console. Because there aren't really Do you any. Not? No, I don't think it would. I mean, I, Hor- Horizon, Horizon sold Horizon the PS4 Pro. Effectively. This, this year it did, definitely. Yeah, you can't deny that, can you? Uh, I mean, you might be right, but it doesn't. I don't take that into account. I mean, even Killzone Shadowfall sold the PS4. <laughs> Do you know what like, I mean? It, but on the on the premise of it just looking like a fancy tech demo, and then twenty minutes in, everyone realised it was cack. But I I don't. I it's not something I really take into account when I buy a console anymore. It's really? really no, it's really not. I mean, if there was like say the Xbox One X and say Sea of Thieves was coming out, it's something. Do you know what I mean? But it's a big. It's a an exclusive game to kind of get amped over in a way and um at least they kind of have that fanfare around it but 
I know what you mean. I, I just kind of feel quite underwhelmed by everything. You do realise you pre-ordered one, yeah? I know. Just to clarify. Well, that, yeah. But I the know. thing, everyone said, oh, there aren't any launch titles about the PS4 as well. And that did all right. The PS4 Pro? No, the PS4. Oh, the PS4. The regular PS4. Yeah, well, I don't know. This is kind of... Ah, but there were more. There were there were launch titles. Like, they, but they, see, I I think this is different because this is a, this is your 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 weird half step console. Your mm-hmm. your your PS4 Pro. So like, uh, I think it's probably better off to compare it to that rather than the the PS4 proper. But there will be upgrades. So those playing with their Xbox One X's on release date will be able to play uh, a list of. Is it a ho- well? No, this it's is over a hundred yeah. games. Well, it's over a hundred games, but this list, like, not all these are coming out on launch day. Is so, that right? at the moment, I think it's about seventy-four of them will be out by the launch day. Um, yeah, because quite a few of them are coming out before the console's even out. Yeah, and it'll just download the update for you. Yeah. if you request it to. Um, so it's so there will be games that are like yeah enhanced on Xbox One. Um, so it's you know like I I'm not massively upset by the the lack of like quote quote launch titles but yeah there's it's over a hundred games will eventually have Xbox One X enhancements although the list does have some weird ones on there <laughs> so like yeah Homefront the Revolution will be Xbox One X enhanced um, there's like um oh jeez we did a video of it like months ago it was uh, was it pure mantis racing or something like, like yep. just really peculiar games some peculiar games anyway at least but yet again that was another announcement at gamescom where like uh quantum break was was uh was announced to be a new game being yeah. added to the list halo 5 tomb raider as well rise of the tomb raider like uh, yeah so the, the some of these games won't actually be playable on on launch day, even though like this big massive list, it's just, some of it is future proofing, I suppose, as you say, Alice. Like, was a seventy-ish? So seven seventy-four. Well, some of them don't have release dates, but they're supposed to come out in Q four this year, so they could still get released before November seventh. But um, the at the moment, I think it's because I've just gone through the list. Uh, seventy-four are definitely going to be out by the time the Xbox One X is out, and then it's the on other or around launch, isn't it? Yeah, and then mm. the other sort of. 40, 50 odd are going to be either undated or they're definitely like 2018. One of those games is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, which dur- was it, was this this was during uh, the Xbox briefing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they got yes. Brendan Green on. He was yeah. like, "Hey, how's it going? I'm in a hoodie." <laughs> and uh, you just say it's such a nice, like unassuming looking dude. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to be here. Uh, well, it's David Cameron handing out hugs with hoodies when you need them, eh? So uh, Player Unknown took to the stage, and yeah, it was all announced that Microsoft will be publishing uh, Battlegrounds exclusively on the Xbox One X. On Xbox well, One. Well, 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 no, no that's, that's they, the they, thing. they didn't. Yeah, they did. They didn't at all. So that's why people are like. Is it? Is it exclusive, or or is this? I mean, Minecraft is on everything, and that's published by Microsoft now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I I don't see that. I I, I, I I don't see this as being an exclusive. To be no, honest. it might be a tiny exclusive, but people have asked them, and they've been like, "It's it's, it's you know when Xbox are like to launch timed exclusive for wind Xbox exclusive and, yeah. timed for like a week they're yeah. doing exactly this they're pulling exactly the same stunt they did with rise of the tomb raider when that was an exclusive on the xbox one and they were saying it was an exclusive but it wasn't really and they just didn't ah, but that, was an ex- that was an exclusive for 12 months though yeah, were, but w- the way they said it initially the way they announced it it was like they had it and they I were very. Remember. It was very ambiguous at the time, so they kind of come at this the same way. And there was quite a few people saying that maybe they should have learned the lessons from that experience and applied it to this one. And I like. I don't think people would give as much. Like, I don't think it would be as big a deal about the exclusives if they didn't call everything an exclusive, mm-hmm. but like with qualifiers. But even I think did I see that before the the kickoff of the show. Something like seven world premieres or something they were told. Something like that anyway. They just had and, seven they, new trailers. But they were seven new trailers for <laughs> yeah, for things that you already know. So again, it's like what 
they're not wrong in what they're saying, but I suppose yeah. it, it is misleading. It, it is like the using the word exclusive. Yeah. Which you feel like, unless you put that little timed in there as well, you are kind of misleading the audience a tad. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's in all likelihood, Battlegrounds is going to be coming to PS4 as well because it's, it's too much of a cash cow. Oh, like so it's, it's, it's 8 million players it hit this week and mm-hmm. 700,000 concurrent players on Steam. So like, you, you that's, that's what I like about Brendan Green because they're all like, why do people like it so much? He's like, dunno. Yep. Just, <laughs> people just do. People just latched onto it. Uh, but speaking of exclusives, uh, Age of Empires 4 has been announced. I can see the joy in both of your faces. Oh, I mean, it, you know, it is quite. I don't know if it's cool, but like, it's the first mainline. Uh, Age of Empires game since about 2005, which is when Age of Empires 3 came out. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's all been sort of spin-offs and like sub sub games, like Age of Mythologies and stuff. Yeah. So um, the, yeah. this is, yeah, this, I mean, well, I, I, exclusive, but PC. Uh, this, uh, they, like, they haven't announced other platforms or anything like that for, for Age of Empires 4. Have they? I don't think they have. No, no not yet. No. Uh, I, I loved the original Age of well, Age of Empires 2, and I got the HD version when that came out. So seeing the news was really nice because Microsoft hadn't been making strategy games for a while until, obviously, Halo Wars 2 that came out recently that they published. But um, it's nice to see strategy games coming back in some way. So... Did, so you you played I'm pleasantly the, surprised you played the second way. one because I've I've never played any of Age them. of Empires two yeah I played that originally back in the day on the old my old four eight six and then um, I played the HD version when they brought that out a couple of years ago I bought that I feel like have, is that a series that you're familiar with Alice um a little bit but not massively because I like the first one came out when I was seven and then three came out when I was what fifteen. So it it was never like as a fifteen year old I wasn't big into real time strategy games, mm. um, but uh, it, I'm aware of it. I mean, the, literally all we know about the new one is is it is happening and it's been we made know by a Relic. name. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that is true. It's a new developer, obviously, because uh, the old one shut down uh, a few years back. So yeah. Uh, yeah, this is from the same developer of Company of Heroes and Homeworld. Yeah, Company and, of Heroes. Uh, is cool. Dawn of War, Warhammer mm-hmm. 40k. Which I like those. They're oh, good. those were fantastic, weren't they? Those were really good. Um, so it should be. I mean, there is like a te- like an announcement trailer, but it is. It's just art. There's no game, anything in it. It's like I've said. I think it's like a mood board, basically, for the game. And if you are to release trailers, Alice, you might as well put a few moving images in them, just like they did with Shenmue Three. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. Uh, a teaser wow. trailer released today a time of recording or last night yeah. well whatever anyway yeah but uh yeah so they released a, a kind of a, a short well i mean a two minute teaser trailer two three minute teaser trailer uh showing off some of some characters that you're familiar with i believe and some kind of there was a couple of a smattering of new ones in there as there was well. a couple of characters that have been in there previously and then the rest were new characters i mean really the the trailer was more about the environments than it was about the characters. Are you sure, Chris? I mean, because that was my main takeaway was the characters, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they looked dead. What you mean is the, the backgrounds and environments looked nice. Well, the backgrounds and environments looked nice. The characters looked shit, Alice, okay? The characters looked shit. We should say that uh, Chris backed. <laughs> I backed Shenmue 3 on Kickstarter, just the game edition on the PS4, um, and I still have Shenmue 1 and 2 on the Sega Dreamcast. And a funny thing about watching this trailer is when the original Shemu came out, Yu Suzuki said that it isn't an RPG or an action-adventure game or a brawler. It is a new genre called Full Reactive Eyes Entertainment. Full Full Reactive Eyes Entertainment. And ironically, that was the genre he came up with for the game, but everyone's dead behind the eyes in this one. Yes, 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 Chris. Sorry. Yes, my son. Get in there. So you are. <laughs> so you're you're obviously a, a Shenmue fan, right? So you're the right man to talk to here. Right? I did enjoy it. Yeah, you, yeah. It, you, it was, this, it was, this trailer. Did it? Did it? Did it strike a chord with you? It excited me because something's <laughs> actually being made. Um, 
whether I'm actually optimistic about it being any decent is another matter. I kind of bought into it out of nostalgia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like in in the the because obviously I think we've spoken about before about Sony's kind of involvement uh, with the game. Uh, this was the, there was a post on the PlayStation blog about it where Yu Suzuki, uh, the founder, the developer. Uh, is it? I've, I've never actually known. Is it Isnet or Ysnet or Eastnet? Eastnet. Uh, he said, "Quote: As you will see, the latest chapter in Ryu and Shenhua's uh, journey begins with a beautiful set piece in China. You'll also see that we're aiming to significantly upgrade the game's visuals, and you may also notice a new character during that quick glimpse of our new battle gameplay." Now, I didn't see, unless I missed something. I didn't see what appeared to be a lot of gameplay. Like this, this seemed quite a cinematic trailer. It's almost to like me. montage moment. I don't know. It seemed like a cinematic trailer to me. Maybe it's like a star, uh, like a EA um, gameplay trailer where it's like using game engine. I, I just I, there was a bit where someone punched someone else. Yeah, well, yeah, he was doing the the punches, wasn't he? And then he blocked him. They're, so there was that bit. Like their faces don't change. It's like they're wearing masks. It's amazing. Did you see the image that I used for the piece? Uh, no. <laughs> like it's got this old guy and he's just doing like a he looks like he's eating spaghetti actually, with, yeah. with the eyes face, and then yeah. Rio stood behind him just dead behind the eyes it's ridiculous like because I, I came in this morning and, and Chris was like oh have you seen it and I was like no it's terrible isn't it and he was like oh it's great just because it exists <laughs> <laughs> it's true though I mean I I understand and I appreciate your excitement Chris as someone who like, yeah, just wants to see something of the I just want to see it, yeah. I mean, it'll probably turn out to be a car crash of some sorts, but do you know what? I knew what I was buying into at the start. Yeah, but hopefully an entertaining... If it's anything great, bonus. Yeah, exactly, an entertaining car crash. Now, a car crash was the sound at the beginning of The Rock's tag team partner Mankind's oh entrance God. music. Uh, and The Rock was also... No, it's funny you should mention The Rock column. Why is that, column? Because The Rock has been given the title of Executive Soundtrack Producer <laughs> on WWE 2K18. This Apple was my favourite my favorite story that I did last week. Because so I should say, like, I don't dislike The Rock. I quite like The Rock. I mean, it's very hard to dislike it's hard him. To no dislike one the dislikes rock, right? The Rock, and if they do, they're in denial. But mm. I do think giving a man an Executive Soundtrack Producer on a video game... Who isn't, like, a music producer. Who isn't a music because producer they have... because he picked 11 tracks... <laughs> Is the height of like video game production bullshit? It's just to get the Rock's name. Is still, it's like you, you're, you're still a wrestler, right? Yeah, we'll get you involved. Because Jay Z was it Jay Z? Jay Z, I think, did it with one of the NBA's NBA Two K something or other, and I think somewhere like they have done something similar before, where they just give someone that that title, and as you say, Alice, it's pick a couple of songs. They do it quite frequently with the MB- the 2K NBA title series of games, don't they? That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah, yeah they always yeah. do that version with that, yeah. Uh, it, my favourite thing is the quote that he apparently, like this quote, it literally said, like, said The Rock in, in the press release, right? Music is one of my soul's anchors, all genres. I'm excited to celebrate my WWE roots by partnering with the 2K and Apple Music teams and share some of my favourite hardcore training songs with fans all over the world. Said the Rock. Said the Rock. <laughs> Said Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, yeah, so he picked quite an eclectic uh, tracks. Or like, what is it? 10, 11, 12 tracks? It's hilarious. Uh, like, there's some Kid Rock in there. There are some bangers. Kanye West. There's uh, some Bruno Mars. Boston Disturbed. Like Down with the sickness. He he kind of he runs the gamut in terms of like he's he's spot on. All genres. All genres. All I appeal to all fans. He's missing one song on there though, which Alice has never heard and refused to let me play for her, which was the song he did with Wyclef Jean. Um yeah, it doesn't matter. In the West Indies. He it was, doesn't matter. He he was he was going like, do you know remember? Do you remember that? And then I was like, no. Anyway, he started singing it, and I was like, you can. I still don't know it. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. It was early two thousands when The Rock was kind of first breaking into the it mainstream. Was, it was at the time when um, Raw and SmackDown were getting massive. Oh, like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I I would tend to disagree. I don't know. They were more on the down, like because this was when The Rock. This was before Scorpion King. I'd say it and, was. And, and he, Shit, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
he, yeah, it doesn't matter was obviously catchphrase of the rocks and Wycliffe Jean got him on board to say that a few times in a song. Yeah. So and it God. was just, they were just driving fancy cars and it was just loads of ostentatious crap going on and it was very self-aware and they were just taking the piss still, out of themselves. Still don't know it. Yeah. I mean... We're going to play it later. We can we can explain more. I don't know, did they drink any coffee in a Chris? I'm not sure. I don't know, were there many cats around? Oh my Maybe. God. Maybe, I'm not entirely sure. But there will be some cats uh, in Sweary, who is obviously famed coffee drinker, or at least he makes people drink coffee in his games. Uh, his next game, which is called the Rainy Woods... Are they, is it the yeah. good life? Rainy Woods was the kind of like, the, I guess the concept name for it. Yeah, yeah. Ra- Rainy Where it came from. Well, it, I think Rainy Woods was the the code name for Deadly Premonition, and it's. This is where The Good Life, which is his new game, that's where it takes place in this fictional English town called Rainy Woods, which I enjoy is the name of a place. I mean, which sounds silly, but if you break down the uh, place names, you probably find things probably like find so, yeah. you find things like Rainy Woods. Uh, so yeah, this is um, obviously like it just sounds like internet the game. Really, uh, it is apparently a mystery RPG where all the town's residents turn into cats at night, and you play, uh, you take um, on the role of a girl called Naomi, who is. <laughs> <laughs> a heavily in debt photographer from New York. And so, well, for some reason, she's in Rainy Woods. And she also turns into a cat at night as well. I mean, as I said, internet the game. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's and, like, when you, nobody remembers what they did when they were turned into a cat. Which I presume is where the mystery comes in. Plausible deniability. So, so is it a case of you wake up the next day and everyone, you have to find out why. So and so. I'm sorry, Rona. I was a cat. Uh, she was perfectly logistical to me. Yeah. The twist way. at the end of the game is everyone remembers. <laughs> That'll be the twist. Ooh, I like it, Chris. Uh, so, yeah, their um, sweary studio, White Owls, is going to be crowdfunding this. Yeah, they're doing it on Fig, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, they did uh, Double Fine used Fig for Psychonauts 2, wasn't it? And someone else. They tried to do a new rock band with it as well, actually. Yeah, Amonics, they did, yeah. Which didn't exactly work out. No. But, uh, yeah, interest in The Good Life? Was The yeah. Good Life not... Um, I just yeah. got a flash there. The Good Life uh, was like an old BBC sitcom, wasn't it? It rings a bell. Yeah, it really does. I was just thinking in my head. I was like, oh. oh it was, wasn't it? Yeah, because it, it was G-O-O-D-E. It was their, it was their surname. Yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. Felicity yeah. thingy. And, the, and the, they were basically like... We need to get away from all this, darling. Let's get a goat. Yeah. And we'll have vegetables in the garden. So And I our neighbours are an odd couple. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've unearthed some kind of. They don't remember things at night? <laughs> no, I'm very Do they turn into cats? <laughs> I don't no. know. Uh. On to what we've been playing this week, Alice Bell. Yes. You have been. Treasure hunting around the globe. Well, around the, no, no, not at all. Around, actually, around, it's in one place, yeah, isn't it? Around uh, India. In Uncharted: The Last Legacy. Yeah. Which um, you say is well, uh, not a return to form, but it shows that there is life in the old dog yet. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really liked Uncharted Four, which is fun, and in uh, as much as all Uncharted games are more of the same, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy is more of the same but even more more of the same because it like the story beats and all the mechanics and everything like nothing new is introduced it is a microcosm of four but uh rather than nathan drake you are this time chloe fraser mm-hmm. uh joined by nadine ross uh so chloe was introduced in uncharted 2 and she was in three as well uh and nadine was a secondary antagonist in four mm-hmm uh, and they are basically doing the treasure hunting thing, but for uh, but in the Indian mountains, basically. And it's nice that they focus on one area because they get to drill into that whole, you know, the kind of Hindu and Hindu mythology stuff a bit more and in a bit more detail, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And it does look very nice, but it, do- it is in other respects very, very similar. To so, like, yeah, is this? Like you said, they don't introduce anything new. Is there? Is it? Oh, there's like they introduce like silenced guns for the stealth bits. Okay, but that's kind of it. <laughs> but it is very much 
a kind of like for fans of Uncharted yeah. 4 because I know Uncharted is like it is a criticism of Uncharted that it is more of the same but in 4 they did at least introduce some new stuff like the rope yeah yeah swing but this thing. is this is with all that and it's it's not just that but it's the fact that like the story runs along it has the same very similar beats to it so I I think it shows that Uncharted definitely can be led by new characters like certainly like Chloe and Nadine I think are great their dynamic is really great um, and they were probably my favorite bit of it, but they th- like Naughty Dog definitely need to. They need to, they can't be complacent. They need to be like right, let's change it up a bit at least for another one. As in the next one, cha- like do you do you actually see uh, the story of Chloe and Nadine being taken forward with another um, game? I, I certainly think you could. I would like it. I think I'd enjoy it. I think other people would enjoy it. Um, I mean, my biggest issue with the game is is a spoiler. And I do mention it in my written review mm-hmm. on the website. Um, but I I think you could definitely do more Uncharted with these characters if if you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, it did make a lot of money, so there's no reason why they, they wouldn't want to. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And the thing is, as derivative as it can be at times, um, every single Uncharted always has something that's great about it. The production values are always so good. The scripting's always really well done. The acting's always fantastic. So even though it can be along the same story beats and Lost Legacy sounds like a 4.5 version of Uncharted 4, um, it's nice that they're still doing it consistently. But like Alice said, I'd I'd like to see them push it further, perhaps into Uncharted territory somehow. Well I feel done. like you used that already, Chris. I, feel I like haven't. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, not, that, not yet. Pretty sure you <laughs> that have. That was kept in the pun bank. But, but yeah. I, not everything is a pun. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I, I, I don't know. I, I, my relationship with the Uncharted series, I really like it. I've played all of them. But similar to uh, What's His Chops, um, Jesus, David Cage's games, I acknowledged the flaws of Uncharted, yeah. of which there are a number of them Absolutely. like they're they're very enjoyable they're very enjoyable kind of summer blockbuster romps yeah like with, with kind of quippy one-liners and stuff so do, do does this uncharted follow that same type of thing where like like does does chloe or nadine have those drake style one-liners yeah, um so like they are they're different people but they kind of grow a relationship so chloe is kind of the the nate drake kind of relaxed like yeah you should re- you'll live longer kind of yeah, like yeah g- kind of that kind of adventurer and then Nadine is a bit more tightly wound because you know she's a merc she's an ex-merc she's a bit more like we need to have a plan we need to do things you know efficiently not rush into stuff and mm-hmm. Chloe's like oh um but I think like they sort of come to a, grow like a nice relationship because they're both ultimately sort of using different ways to deflect feelings really okay. So like, um, I suppose th- that is one thing that was in Uncharted 4 was it, it made, uh, it definitely progressed the series in a a story sort of way because mm-hmm. it, it gave, I don't know, there was more heart behind those kind of clever one-liners and stuff. Is this It was a post, post The Last of Us yes, Uncharted, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, which is not, people, whenever people say that someone's always like oh it's not true it they've literally like the people that made uncharted 4 have said we learned a lot from making the last of it mm-hmm. um yeah so it is again it's a bit more there's a bit more emotion there's a bit more heart in that sense i've been i still like i've seen people giving it tens and of course you can you know opinions are subjective but it's it's not like one of the best games i've ever played in my life mm-hmm. um i do think it's it's because I, I like I know I've said it several times. Uncharted is always more of Uncharted, but this is even more more of Uncharted. I think. Mm. But I I really like Chloe and Ross. Uh, Chloe Chloe and Nadine Ross's Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I don't know how to. Um, was there a train? There was probably trains in Friends as New York. I'd imagine every now and again. I'm sure the characters in Central Park. Had to take a trip. I'm sure Joy be a metro, took, wouldn't it? Took no, that's France. Be the subway. Uh, Joey oh, was yeah. on a series of posters that were on the uh, subway advertising Fucking your spot. Um, uh, some cream or something. Chlamydia or gonorrhea or yeah, something. Exactly. Well done, Alice. There's the link. There's also trains in a new game called Subsurface Circular. 
which uh, was a game that was released last week from Bithel Games, obviously, of Thomas Was Alone and Volume Fame. And this is a modern take on the text adventure where it's a, sh- a short... Well, uh, yeah, I suppose that's worth uh, mentioning is that this is touted as a Bithel short. So yep. um, this, uh, I think Mike Bithel, uh, the writer and director uh, on Twitter, he said something like, like a couple, whatever, a couple of months ago, he I took to Twitter to ask people if they would have any interest in a one-sitting game. And mm. this is the first Bithil short. This subsurface circular kind of came from that. Because, yeah, it is this... I don't know, is it... I know you played it one, too, Alice. An hour and a half, two hours. And, uh, yeah, it's where you are a robot detective, effectively, and you are sitting on the train for the entirety of the game. I Kind of chatting to other people, asking them questions about the disappearance of another robot. And that's yeah. kind of, yeah, that's kind of it without kind of going into any major, major uh, spoilers and stuff. But yeah, I, 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 well, my words are on the website. I, I think you enjoyed it too, Alice. I thought it was fucking very good. I really liked it, yeah. I loved how, so all the robots in it, they're called techs and they all have different jobs. They have different roles. Um, and as you, I, I think it's interesting how more them, more of them are introduced. So you start off and you meet sort of like a construction robot. And then as you go on, you meet robots that have jobs and you're kind of like, really? So there's like a nanny robot and mm-hmm. like a, a kind of priest robot. Uh, and you're sort of like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And like, they all have different modes of speaking as well. So the nanny robot calls you like dear and stuff and deary, which is like yeah there's like there's because they're all programmed with different routines and stuff and they can be wiped and reprogrammed but they also have they're they're like it's weird that they're like a lot of them will enjoy their jobs and stuff and they're aware that but they're aware that they are like for instance i am like one of them would be aware that it's not as intelligent as the other because it doesn't need to be yeah because of its programming and stuff Mm -hmm. it's really interesting very interesting and uh, I did like what I saw you play of it, Colm. It it's it has just a really interesting story as well, hmm. um, where uh, yeah, you kind of just uh, you learn more about again trying to kind of like skirt around spoilers and stuff. You learn more about this story, this this world where, as Alice kind of alluded to, all these robots have kind of jobs. Some of them are happy, some of them not so happy with the hmm. current situation. And what I found interesting, some of them quite blasé about the whole thing yeah. and just um very because it's a world that is uh, very similar to ours uh in quite a uh what i'm looking for just a, a kind of a sensitive situation i suppose like in flux uh, uh, and yeah and the um yeah some some robots are are kind of just focused on their job rather than a sort of a bigger picture but it's yeah. a really really interesting game and it's like it's less than a fiver isn't it i think it's like Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, three fifty, and it was. Ish. It's very good, and it's also interestingly was announced and released simultaneously. Yeah, it got dreamcasted. Just dreamcasted. fucking just, uh, was it? Was it dream? Oh no, was that Saturn? One of them, anyway. Guy yeah. where it was just announced Saturn. and yeah. yeah, announced yeah. and it was out there straight away. So yeah, you can get that on Steam. Very good. Hopefully, really, it doesn't really work out game. for it like the Saturn did, eh? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but Alice, speaking of detectives, this is an easy one. You uh, you're a detective in Subsurface Circular, and I'm guessing you're a detective in the Dark Side Detective. Yeah. So this is uh, is another indie game. It's another quite short game. Not necessarily a one sitting game, but it's also divided into six cases, so you can leave it and come back to it quite quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, kind of eight bit, um, styly. Um, and you play uh, Detective McQueen, who works for the the newly set up Dark Side Department uh, in the in a um, in the police station at uh, Twin Lakes. Um, and you have a, a helper whose name is um, Officer Dooley, and you go around solving kind of weird crimes, I guess not crimes but incidents to do with uh, you know the Dark Side. Right, which okay. is kind of a magical alternate. Does Twin Lakes a uh, reference to Twin Peaks at well, all? Well, this is the thing. So there's loads and loads of references to pop culture, and I really liked. It. I think if you didn't like 
if you if you weren't the kind of that sort of specific person you won't like it because it makes a lot of references but they were all to things that i really like so i felt like the game was kind of made for me give me give me a for instance uh so um is it like is it what sci-fi influenced loads of stuff so like um there's uh one of the cases there's a library that's being haunted and like terry pratchett is one of the the ghosts in right. the library, and uh, one of actually them... Terry, Pratchett, not like yeah, no, it's actually thinking. Terry Pratchett. Like <laughs> it's not, he's not it. Like it's not voiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's you know the ghost Terry Pratchett, and uh, in one of them you um, go to like a, a lake, like a, a you know a lakeside kind of summer camp thing, and the kids sing a song that is obviously like meant to be sung as. The uh, Stonecutters song from The Simpsons, right? (laughs) Loads of stuff like that, and it sort of it doesn't break the fourth wall, but it cracks it quite a lot. It'll bump up against it quite a lot. So, um, like in the first case, you do um, the uh, like it'll be like, isn't it weird that this family don't have like a a kitchen stuff? And it'll be like, no, they didn't have, you know, like they they didn't have room for it. It's fine. Like that's a bad example. Oh, there's one where. they're like these people only have like two chairs or something, and then um, McQueen will, will be like, and oh, the others are just the other side of the camera. <laughs> right. Kind of okay. Thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's very self-aware and pokes fun at itself. Yeah. At the same time. And in a way that like I think some people won't like, but I really did. And there was just the writing I found really funny. Is it? So is it a point and click? Yeah. Kind of right. Okay. Yeah. So the puzzles in it as well, most of them make sense. Most of them are quite easy. So it's not like some of them are harder. But it's not, and it does. They get harder as well. So the first cases are easier, and they get more and more difficult. And I'm pretty sure, and I think other people have confirmed it. That it was written by an Irish guy as well, because they were meant to be American. But there was one line where McQueen ends the sentence with "so," as in "I'll leave you to it." So, and I was like, <laughs> I've only ever heard Colin Mahern say that. I remember. I don't know if I said that in this podcast before, but I remember. Yeah, like first coming here and people's minds being blown <laughs> at like that kind of them going so so what and I'd be like I'll, I'll leave you to it so like what, 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 more, what more do you fucking want from me stop observing me Alice Bell you played Observer didn't you oh my god <laughs> hey. um, I didn't play a lot of this one but I thought it was worth mentioning it, it was worth mentioning um, I played a bit of it so maybe this a couple is, of this hours is a first person horror yeah so we did do back like months Fucking ago months now ago, yeah. we did like a little preview of it uh it's from bloober team who did layers of fear mm-hmm. and it's weird because it's very similar to layers of fear but also very different um so layers of fear was set in kind of like an old-fashioned painters like an artist's house uh and then this is set in a kind of cyberpunk near future um, where it's kind of sort of body horror stuff as well because a lot of people have uh, implants and um, advanced prosthetics and uh, the character you play is voiced by Rutger Hauer from, um, who's most famous for the Tears in Rain speech that he improvised in um, Blade Runner uh, so that kind of in keeping with that I guess and you play a detective uh, but your specific like detect like way of detecting stuff mm-hmm. Is you can basically go into people's minds because everyone has everyone has like a little chip in their head, and you can link up to that and then just sort of wander about in their head. <laughs> you can make them relive their worst memories. You, you to can, solve yeah, you crimes. can go through their memories, isn't it? Yeah, as memory as, as memory serves, which is yeah, sort of ish like that Black Mirror episode mm. where everyone has the yeah, a little bit. I've only done so so far. I've only gone into two people's minds, um, and they're both dying slash dead. Because you are investigating a series of murders, you're locked into this apartment complex, which is it's kind of run down, but it's nice. Like everyone there is really paranoid, and kind of like you'll knock on the door, and and someone will be like, "Oh, it's them," and then just never speak to you again. Um, uh, and you see references to like a, a disease that affects people with implants and stuff, and you also have to keep taking drugs because you desync from your um okay. your uh, implants that you have in your head, hmm. and it makes you sick and it makes your screen tear and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, it's there's a film coming out um, soon actually with Peter Dinklage, um, he of Tyrion Lannister fame, and it sounds pretty much the same as that. I can't remember the name of the title off the top of my head, but he pretty much like mind jacks people as well. As some it's form, I believe idea. there was a film called Mind Jack as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, a cartoon, there is. wasn't it? Or was that Mega Mind? There was Mega Mind. Oh, there was Mega Mind. There was Mind Jack, I believe. There was Mind Quad. There's Jack, one of the Jack Reacher. There's another film with Jack in the title. What's he yeah. doing? Uh, Jack Mind the... the Gap is what they say on the tube as well. Yeah. So, plenty of things that people do. <laughs> you were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and you, Chris Callum, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer, clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2007. 2007. Which I'm looking forward to when we can start calling years that. When we can do it in the same way that people don't say 1904. Yeah. Let's say 1904. Look forward to 2007. Clue number two. There have been three entries in my series, with the most recent coming in 2015. 2015. Okay. Clue number three. One of my games was once given to the leader of the free world as a gift. Stop. Chris Hallam. The Witcher. Incorrect. Oh. Clue number four. Prior to my video games being released, I appeared in a series of books. Oh, stop. Alice Bell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't remember his name now. Ah, Geralt of Rivia. And this week's winner is Alice Bell. Chris Hallam, I know... I, I'm I sorry, know, it, know, wasn't, it wasn't I on was... my card. I couldn't accept it as an no, answer. No, it's fine. The, the higher-ups would default, have thought... Default, default, <laughs> You did kind of gift it to Alice. But, uh, yeah, the higher-ups yeah, would have had me on the chopping block for that. Uh, so to go through the clues, my first appearance in a video game came in 2007. Obviously, The Witcher. Clue number two, there have been three entries in my series, with the most recent coming in 2015, being The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Clue number three, one of my games was once given to the leader of the free world as a gift. Yeah, Barack in, Obama. Yeah, in 2015, yeah. Obama got a copy from... Uh, the Polish Prime Minister, yeah. as basically, here is the biggest one. Here is our culture. Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he exactly. got a copy of the game in the books, didn't he? Uh, he I think yeah. he got the books as well, yeah. Uh, clue number four, prior to my video games being released, I appeared in a series of books. Yes, he did. Uh, I think there was like five of them, five or six. And clue number five, in the future, I'll be joining Frank Underwood and Piper Chapman as a Netflix star. And of course, he will be. In The Witcher, Geralt of Rivia. Congratulations, Alice Bell. Well done, Alice. Thanks. You uh, got that. Just plucked that well out deserved. of the air. Well and, deserved. And enjoy this one. Every Tuesday, we turn our attention to Twitter at VideoGamer.com and ask you lovely listeners of the Video Gamer podcast for questions for this year's segment of the podcast called Questions. And our first question comes from David Ayres, who asked, if you had a pet snail, what would you name it? Terence. All right. But, uh, Terence, is there a Terence snail? I don't uh, know. No. Is it Gary? I feel like there's a, a snail called Gary. I think in there is. SpongeBob? Yeah, and I don't I know why so. I know oh, yeah, that because Gary. I didn't watch Spongebob but if for some reason yeah. I do know it um, Alice Bell pet's name I don't know see I'd probably be a, I'd probably just go for the ironic route and say like speedy, speedy. <laughs> you know fast uh, yeah, I like yeah. uh, fast snail is what I call him <laughs> I like fast it when snail. pets have people names like Terence I do enjoy good. it too that's yeah. why I went with it I just thought do you know what just give it something I lo- Beatrice. I, yeah. I, I love when you're like in the park or someone and someone just starts shouting like Larry, Larry, <laughs> and it's a fucking a golden retriever. I don't know why it just oh, really really tickles me. Uh, now the question we have from at Drew Fox eighty one. Uh, he asks, with Sonic Mania redeeming the little blue hedgehog, should Sega just cancel Sonic Forces before they cock it up again? Yes, they should have not even started developing it but then again saying that sonic forces was the one that sega was actually creating whereas sonic mania was created by fans Mm. so sonic forces was always going to happen sonic mania just fell into the laps and when sonic forces comes out it's i think well look who knows we're rushing to judgment it It might be great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but if history has taught us anything it'll probably be at best 
okay. But in all likelihood, <laughs> it'll be not great. And that will kill a lot of the goodwill that Sonic has at the minute. That was very diplomatic, that review of it. okay. Well, I mean, because I, I played it and I thought that the sections where, I think I spoke about this last week, where you were the created character yeah. were, were all right. So it was they just, need to just was, bring that to Mania. It was, it, it was just the... Um, no, 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 no. But, uh, like... I wouldn't think so. No, leave Sonic Mania as it oh, is. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I just still think that when this comes out, it'll, yeah. it'll make people go, ah, oh, right, that's why I don't like Sonic. Okay, I get it now. And then people will lose interest, probably. I remember. Yeah. Uh, question here from Michael Current. Uh, he asks, what is the dumbest game you've ever spent a significant amount of time playing not for work? Um, The NCIS. Uh, Xbox 360 game for achievements you know what yeah <laughs> see it was after I'd done work experience at um, Xbox magazine I'd done my first two weeks obviously you don't get paid so I just like, I think it was Matt Lees and Log were like do you want here you go here's this NCIS and then like Matt Lees had like fucking a dozen copies of Dragon's Dogma because he really liked it and they kept sending them to him <laughs> so I got like Dragon's Dogma and the NCIS X360 game for um did you play as N- payment did you play NCIS to completion did you actually yeah because really? like there's basically no way to fuck it up and it ends with like you crawling around the outside of a uh, skyscraper to disarm a bomb oh perfect that sounds absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. The Navy deals with all sorts of crimes. <laughs> uh, Chris, dumbest game you've ever played? Um, Megamind on the PS3. Did you actually really? <laughs> yeah. Did you actually play that? Uh, I, I, I platinumed it. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what was? I, I've... What was compelling? Nothing, I can't remember anything what? of the sort about it. Was well, it a three? I, 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 I imagine put... it's a 3D platformer. It was a... Th- yeah, 3D platformer. It actually wasn't too bad considering. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to be terrible. And it was one of them ones that you pick up and you think this is going to be a crock of shit. And I enjoyed it for the four hours or five hours that I spent with it. And Did I you get thought, well, yeah, it's like kind of, no, I was, I was playing it and I just thought, do you know what? It was one of the first times I just looked at the trophies list since Assassin's Creed 2 that really peed me off. And I thought, I'm actually not far off completing this game. I may as well just do everything now. I think so. As for all the game's faults, they actually got the achievements bit right because you kind of complete the game and then you go, actually, I can do that. So I'll do that. And it didn't seem like a chore as a result. <laughs> I mean, look, at least you have fun playing, Chris. Oh, oh it was I, done, I, though. I would probably say Goat Simulator. Because ah, yeah. I actually quite enjoyed it. And I thought of those kinds of games, the physics kind of simulators, if you will. Uh, I quite enjoyed Goat Simulator. I thought it was genuinely funny. And there was enough little side pockets of entertainment where like, there's the, like, the satanic part and it just kind of goes in a lot of different places. I, I thought it was quite enjoyable, to be honest. And I just, I loved the gag. I just loved, we're releasing a game called Goat Simulator on April Fool's Day. And everyone going, nah, you're not. I was like, we are. Nah, you're not. And then it came out. It was just, fuck, I thought it was great. Uh, and our final question from Miss Marcy Face. Uh, she asks, if you were to introduce someone to gaming, what game would you recommend they play first? It's a difficult one. Very. I'm like because the thing with games now is that games often have rules kind of coded into them that you understand if you play a lot of games, but you wouldn't necessarily understand if you don't. So sort of stuff like water might kill you. That kind of like yeah. that kind of thing. So I would probably start someone off with like a first person experience, like Dear Esther. Mm-hmm. Well, not dear Esther. Something um, better. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, like what remains of Edith Finch, something like that, or or a gun Firewatch, home. or a Gone Home, or something like that. That is like a narrative adventure. Yeah, a narrative adventure that you can't necessarily fail at or die because that can be very frustrating and can turn people off. Or, I... And then you can progress to stuff like your portals that do really interesting things. Mm-hmm. And then you can be like, 
Here's Gears of War. <laughs> See, I would probably go even because again it's like if you're introducing someone to games yeah. like someone who has no fucking uh, basis of knowledge of games at all has yeah. no basis of knowledge of what a controller is mm-hmm. and a lot of the time to to us controlling in first person controlling a character's movement and where they look is just we, we just we get it we, we know we know we know what we're doing though do they and they it's it's confusing to someone who doesn't play games because they're like, yeah. okay, why? I like if you see someone who doesn't play games a lot playing a first person game, yeah. they'll walk forward, stop, then kind of look around, then they'll walk again, and then they'll look around because it is difficult to wrap your head around that when, like, when you watch television, there's you don't have to press a button to get to the next fucking scene or something, you know? Yeah. It plays for you in a game. This is challenges being asked to you, so I. Like I do think in that in that um, kind of sphere, uh, like Nitro. a ga- a gone home would probably be better or whatever. Like, but I'd probably go like an until dawn, which which oh, like yeah. which uh, has that's a nice cooperative experience yeah. as well. Like I played until dawn. I think until dawn is one of my favorite games. Not one of the best games. Mm. One of my favorite games of the last number of years. Brilliant. It's because it's. It's so great. Like, as you say, it's brilliant as a co-op experience. I think I played it like three times in the end, which I never do. I never replay games. And I played this like three times with different people because it was a a, just a nice co-op experience. Very harkens back to like if you grew up with the Scream films or I still you. uh, What the fuck was the name? The Jennifer Love um thing. I I still I know I know what you did last summer. I did last summer. Uh, Like those types of teen slasher horror movies yeah like. they were just i thought they were great and you can go back to it like say like last year i played it and this year i could probably see myself picking it up and playing it again mm-hmm. like you said because of the, the different branches the story takes it doesn't get old even though you might know exactly how things will pan out mm. it doesn't matter because it's just enjoyable the way the experience is delivered and what, what about you chris any games that come to mind well i got my mum into gaming um, via Sonic the Hedgehog, ironically. Um, years later, it was Lord of the Rings Return of the King on the PS2. That was a fucking great game. Oh, it was brilliant. And she hadn't played a game with dual analog sticks. So for her, it was like, don't know what I'm doing. And then yeah. 20 minutes later, I left her to it. 20 minutes later, she was loving it. Um, but she's really got hooked into the likes of puzzle games. So the thing is, it's like yeah, right that's now, another good one, I say yeah. something like Puyo Puyo Tetris. I think it's a great game, easy to pick up and play, and what it does, it can engage a variety of people, and then you've always got your cheap out of Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is the ultimate party game, isn't it? Uh, Rami Ismail, the uh, indie dev um, from Vambia, uh, did Mom versus uh, Final, Fantasy, Final 15. Fantasy 15 on Twitter. Hashtag Mom versus FFXV. Uh, and sort of, like, that was the first game she'd kind of played which is crazy, yeah, right. But uh, the, the, like, loads of interesting stuff came out of it. Like, she refused to do like side missions, like hunting quests and stuff, because she felt like it was beneath a king to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's doing Dragon Age Inquisition, which is mom versus DAI. Ah, yeah, it's really good. Like cool. watching her progress, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or reading it in micro tweets yeah yeah it's cool really cool uh but i think that just about does it for this ed- edition of the video gamer podcast thank you very much video gamer boy and our girl for listening uh and uh the vgbgs as well of course you will be getting an extended bit at the end of this podcast where uh, myself chris and alice will be talking about something enlightening i am sure it'll be wonderful and you should stick around for it uh, but as always, thank you very much for your continued support. Uh, and as well, I forgot to mention this last week, so I'll mention it now. Uh, if you've been following, or if you follow Video Gamer on Twitter, at VideoGamer.com, you will have seen that we have a fantasy football league, right? And if you come in now, you'll be coming in a week late, but it's still not... Like, you could still win it, like. Uh, and there will be a prize in May at the end of the season 
we'll see what the prize is, but there will be a prize to the winner. We'll try and make it football related, right? We'll try and make it football related. Uh, so if you want to join the, I mean, it's, it's um, oh, what's the link? It's fantasy.premierleague.com or whatever it is. on the official Premier League site anyway. And the code is 423-9882-937020. And if you join there, you can... Yeah, you can win something at the end of May. I'll join be in lovely. as well, Colm. Yeah. Um, I think what we should do is when we um, put the podcast up, we'll do a tweet following it, just in case people want to join in and they're too lazy to type in numbers almost, from an audio mo- recording. Most, most definitely. And also, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we'd love it if you gave us five stars. That would be delightful. And you can follow Video Gamer on all of your relevant social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat at videogamer.com and of course we are on YouTube youtube.com forward slash videogamer TV but for all of your video gamer needs just head to videogamer.com and as well I should say you can follow us on Twitter I am at column underscore Hearn Chris is at IBU666 and Alice is on Twitter at babygotbell but now it's time for my least favourite part of the show this is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu so say goodbye, Chris Hallam. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Goodbye, Colm Hearn. And say goodbye, Colm Hearn Sloan Gafol. <laughs> <laughs>